From Creative Force, I'm Daniel Jester, and this is the e-commerce content creation podcast. On its surface, it might seem kind of unusual to have an episode about customer success for our podcast. After all, this is a podcast about creative production, not sales or SaaS or some of the other things you might think of when you hear the term customer success. But think about it like this. At the end of the day, customer success is really about asking the right questions, expectation setting, and continuous improvement. Being the person or team that asks why in order to determine what is the root cause and what is a symptom. My guest for this episode is Ryan Roberts, Customer Success Director of North America for Pixels. We talk about all of these ideas and we discuss how customer success connects with and overlaps other customer touch points and what their ongoing role is in ensuring customers keep coming back. You know, we have onboarding team, but then the customer success gets in kind of towards the later portion of the onboarding and of the sales process. And we help bring them in for the landing is the way I like to view it. That's what the customer success's main goal is, is making sure that the customer is aware of the capabilities and how to utilize them towards their needs. Throughout recording and then editing this episode, I kept coming back to the idea that even in the studio, we all can think of ourselves as customer success in a way. We should be invested in the needs and experiences of our customers and partner with them to be as successful as possible. Before we jump in, a quick plug for an upcoming industry event. Pixels is hosting their Flow event in Los Angeles on February 24th, 2022. You're going to be able to hear from some talented and knowledgeable industry professionals, some of whom you've heard on this podcast before. In fact, my guest for this episode, Ryan Roberts, will be hosting a roundtable, and I am also going to be hosting a roundtable about efficiency and fostering efficiency. So that's the Flow event in Los Angeles, February 24th. Okay, this intro is getting too long, so without further ado... Let's jump in. This is the e-commerce content creation podcast. I am your host, Daniel Jester, and joining me, a very special guest for me for this episode of the show, my friend and former colleague when we were at Conveyor Studios together, Ryan Roberts. Ryan, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. It's really great to be here, and I appreciate you inviting me on. It's been a while. With it's, the last two years, I, I haven't seen you besides video chats. Yeah, you and I basically hightailed it out of the studio in the Arts District in LA on about March 15th of 2020 and have not seen each other since then. A lot has happened. <laughs> yes, yes. My office in my house has moved to different rooms, uh-huh. at least three of them now. <laughs> yeah, just trying to find out what works. Yeah, I get that for sure. Our paths, Ryan, our paths are like kind of interestingly intertwined. It was a little serendipitous the way that we met. I happened to be working in the same building as Conveyor and Conveyor was in the market for a particular type of production manager. And we got to work in 2019 for Conveyor doing a lot of good work for them. And then we were on track for a pretty incredible 2020 before COVID kind of took the wind out of those sales and changed directions for both of us. And now here I am. I call it my day job, but I work for Creative Force and I host this podcast as part of that. And you work now as, 
I want to make sure we get your title right, so I'm going to let you say it. But you work now for Creative Force's sister company, Pixels. Yes. Tell me a little bit about your title and your role with Pixels. So I am the customer success director, and I was brought on about three months ago. And you know, basically, I am in charge of making sure that the team is highly functioning, that we are meeting the goals which have been set as far as retention and lack of churn, which means basically keeping all of our customers happy. I'll go into further detail about exactly what that means in a little bit. But, you know, and then one of the things I've been tasked with is also building out our success team. We have some very aggressive growth goals over the next coming years. And it's one thing to make the sale, but it's another to retain those customers that you sell to. And so one of my main goals is to make sure that we have the appropriate team to support those growth goals. Excellent. Yeah. Great rundown. There's none of our listeners who don't know at this point who Pixels is, but just in case they're listening out there, Pixels is a retouching service, a web-based retouching service, handles some of the biggest brands in the world, and really is more the type of company that wants to partner with you and wants to make sure that you're successful. And you might remember if you're a listener to this show from way in the beginning, we had Brian Guidry, who I believe his title now is Chief Growth Officer. I just Chief listened to his- Chief Growth Officer. Yeah, I just listened to his episode with the Square Shot guys, the Square Talk podcast that he was just a guest on. A great episode. And what we're here to talk about with you, Ryan, is customer success. And you mentioned that you're growing your team. I want to put a pin in that for our listeners. Ryan at Pixels has some roles open, which we'll link into the show notes. And the other thing I wanted to mention about Pixels is Pixels is invested as a company in not just doing business with customers and that transactional relationship, but being good stewards of the industry in a similar way that, you know, we want to at Creative Force. Pixels has already hosted several great events, the last one being the Flow event in Berlin. And there's actually another Flow event in LA where Ryan, you and I will finally get to reunite in person. Big Can't hugs. <laughs> Big hugs for <laughs> both of us. Because we're both actually speaking at that event. So we're handling we got a couple of different topics, but we'll both be at that event. So for the listeners, Towards the end of the episode, we'll talk a little bit more about what that event's going to look like. But for now, Ryan, let's talk about customer success. What is customer success? What is customer success? That's a great place to start. I mean, seriously. Daniel, you know, when I'm trying to figure something out, I just like to break it down to kind of the basics, core elements, and taking customer success, taking those two words and consulting Merriam-Webster, you know, you customer is defined as one that purchases a commodity or a service. So, I mean, what, you know, most of us know what customers are because we're customers of something. Success. Now that's the one that's really kind of interesting and open to interpretation because it's the correct or desired result of an attempt. Um, and so, you know, that's much more ambiguous than customer is. You know, when, when I think about success based on that definition, you know, I picture accomplishing a task in an efficient manner where I'm exceeding my goals. You know, efficiency is hugely important for me in my professional and personal life, but not at the expense of reaching an expectations. I want to do it in an efficient manner, but still exceed my expectations. Hmm. But, you know, it's all based on priorities, you know, because what my success may be might not be yours. I mean, I'm curious to know what does success mean to you? Okay, I have an anecdote here to help illustrate this a little bit because you are the one and only guest so far that I have crashed on your couch and watched you cook oh, dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on the way so, to Austin. And so, yeah, when you mention your efficiency being a goal, 
like I said, I've watched you cook dinner. I've watched you move around a kitchen and success for you might be something like cooking a great meal while also keeping a tidy space and not having a bunch of dishes to do at the end of the meal because you've cleaned as you've gone and you've been organized and you stayed that way. Whereas success in cooking for me might just be the meal. And I don't really care about having a crazy kitchen to clean up after the fact. But, you know, to illustrate your point, you're right to ask me what success means to me. And the truth of the answer for me is that it varies even from situation to situation. I have kind of layers of success where I would like this top tier result to happen, but I'll be satisfied if any of these lower tier results happen. Whereas that might be different for everybody and even within an individual different at different times. Absolutely. That's really what a customer success department does is uncover what that is for all of our different partners. You know, at Pixels, we do not view ourselves as a vendor. We view ourselves as a partnership. We go above and beyond the post-production where if we can, you know, help out and consult on some things that can be taken care of in production, you know, we're happy to do so. I mean, at the end of the day, customer success is all about finding out, you know, what success is for each individual partner of ours. You know, just, I don't know if if you know the historical background of customer success, but the term originated around the time that Salesforce was experiencing its initial rise. And around that time, a lot of softwares were moving to the cloud, also known as SaaS. The SaaS services were moving to the clouds. And, you know, one of the early Salesforce events, they were celebrating an amazing year of sales. And, you know, their chief operating officer, you know, kind of put a little gloom over the party whenever he talked about the churn rate. Hmm. And so there was this realization that, you know, sales are great, but, you know, if you have churn, which is the polarity of closing the deal, you've got people leaving on the other side, then, you know, eventually a company would run out of prospects. Hmm. And so then they started really paying attention to how do we retain customers? Like, how do we keep them happy? How do we keep adding value to them? How do we keep evolving? And that's what, you know, customer success departments are. They are the pulse. We read the pulse of our clients. We speak directly to our clients. We help them out any way that we can as far as finding additional ways to add value to their company. It's closely tied to the SaaS industry and software industry. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, is, you know, any subscription or any contract business really should be thinking about, you know, customer success and really should be investing resources and making sure that they are, you know, providing success for their customers. Because at the end of the day, you know, subscriptions and contracts have renewals. And so you're always in the sales position with those types of businesses. I want to break it down into a couple of sort of phases. I believe that this is true of how Pixels brings on a new customer. It's certainly true of how Creative Force brings on a new customer. That there is multiple touch points that a customer success team or individual might handle a customer, let's call the first part of it sort of the onboarding phase. And the important part of that onboarding phase is you brought this up in a conversation that we had previously, that that is really an introduction to the logic of the software. If you're talking about a Mm -hmm. SaaS service or even, you know, I think of Pixels as a little bit of a hybrid, there's a little bit of SaaS and there's a little bit of hands-on service that kind of, you know, that's a very complex company with a lot of different ways that it can service a customer. 
But there's this introduction to the logic, and that's a really important part because of what software can do these days. And then there is the back end of like check-ins with customers that are kind of humming along. Hey, we released a new feature. We think this might make things more efficient for you. Mm -hmm. Coming to them with not only just the upsell from a business standpoint, but a we release a feature that you have access to today and it will make your job easier. Let's talk about it. So stepping back, let's focus on the introduction to the logic and the onboarding of a new customer. Why is this such an important part of customer success? I mean, so what is logic? You know, again, let's refer to the dictionary. Logic's definition is a particular way of thinking about something. So, you know, that particular way of thinking about something may make sense for those who are thinking about it in that way, but doesn't necessarily make sense to the outside world, so to speak, right? And so with our platform, there is a foundational logic that everything's been built upon. And then every new development follows some form of logic. And so what we try to do in the onboarding phase is pull out what the customers need, you know, try to understand exactly, you know, the needs are relatively subjective if you look at them loosely. You know, what Pixels has really been amazing at doing over the last 10 years is defining how to objectify this hugely subjective process. And so, you know, that's through a lot of questions. So, you know, we have onboarding team, but then the customer success gets in kind of towards the later portion of the onboarding and of the sales process. And we help bring them in for the landing is the way I like to view it. This is a lesson that you and I, this onboarding process, Ryan, is kind of a lesson that you and I learned very quickly at Conveyor, which is that... We had to take our time with a new customer. We had to ask the right questions so that we can make sure that we understood their expectations and that we were able to meet or exceed them and that there weren't any uncovered expectations when we got into the process, right? Like we figured out really quickly that we needed to have post-production involved in pre-production conversations, not even in sales conversations. When we were having initial contacts with some customers, we brought our post-production lead in and to make sure that we were asking the right questions up front because all of those things impacted cost. All of those things impacted the customer's expectations. So, you know, in a way, a lot of the introduction to, we talked about this a little bit, like the intro, the onboarding is like the introduction to the logic. It's also a little bit of like, are we asking the exact right questions to make sure that we can meet or exceed this customer's expectations? hundred percent. And also, do we know what the expectations will evolve into? Customer success is really about asking questions. It's about, you know, not being bashful. You know, we listen, we ask more questions. You know, the favorite question is why? And it's not because we want to be challenging, but, you know, we want to just keep digging until we uncover the root cause for the ask. A lot of it is root cause analysis. That happens all the time where customers are asking a question that is clearly it may be their biggest headache at the moment, but it's symptomatic of some other problem that they're maybe unaware of. And so root cause analysis is a great skill in the customer success team, being able to ask those pointed questions and digging into it. As an example, I mean, you know, when you think about how much photography and technology has evolved in, you know, the last 15, 20 years, 
Mm. I mean, think about all the band-aids, all the workarounds. You, you and I talked about this at the studio. Yeah. You know, all the band-aids, all the workarounds that you do, and you just get into this pattern of doing those. And, you know, I was guilty of it in my personal shooting. I've seen all the studios guilty of it. And that's where the constant asking of why until you finally get down to what the goal is of that directive that you're being told is so important. Because then you start to uncover things like, well, but you don't have to do that anymore. You know, technology Mm. has evolved so that you don't have to do that. It wasn't, you know, until very long ago that I was using actions that I built years and years ago. And Photoshop now has better versions of those built into the software. Right. One one click tools that work every time as expected, which is not true of actions always. (laughs) No way. Uh, No way. And, you know, actually, speaking of Photoshop, you know, when I think about customer success, I really wish that when I was starting out in Photoshop that I had access to a customer success department to help me understand the logic of Photoshop. You know, back then, and I don't want to sound old, I mean, but, you know, back then there wasn't, you know, all the YouTube videos, there wasn't all the Mm. access to the knowledge that is out there today. But, you know, for example, I just, I remember when somebody explained to me the logic of layers and Mm. just what an epiphany that was and like, oh my goodness gracious, like this is what they mean by non-destructive editing. And then that, you know, slowly built into the ability to do composites. And then, you know, you just, you think about like, wow, like that's the importance of understanding the logic of a platform or a SaaS that you're working with. And that's what, you know, the customer success's main goal is, Mm. is, making sure that the customer is aware of the capabilities and how to utilize them towards their needs. I actually think about this all the time that what if Adobe back in the day had the kind of like live chat customer support that your service has and that my company has, because, you know, I think about it and I'm like, I would never go ask Adobe, like, why isn't this content aware working the way that I expect it to? There's something about Photoshop that like, that relationship doesn't really exist. But then I kind of flip that and I think, how awesome would it be if it did exist that way? What if they could bring <laughs> them in and they could show me like, oh, well, this is exactly how content aware works. So if you exclude this little bit right here, the reason it's looking weird is because you, you got to exclude this bit or that bit or whatever. And it really does make me think about, you know, what? how awesome would it be if it, some of the legacy companies adopted this kind of customer success model where you could jump in mm-hmm. and you could, didn't just need to ask them, like, did I set this up wrong or am I doing the software wrong? But like, why is this software behaving the way that it is now? I want to pivot a little bit, though, and I want to talk about, you know, we talked about expectations, we talked a little bit about the logic, and I kind of want to come back to that because part of the expectations conversation and part of the introduction to the logic of a system or a service is, you know, we certainly want our customers to know what our software, what our service is capable of, but what about the things that we can't do that they want us to do? And this comes up all the time in the creative production industry. Every studio operates a little bit differently. They want to use these new tools, but they want to continue working in the way that they've been working. And sometimes we can do it and sometimes we can't. Mm -hmm. So what about the things that we're not capable of doing? How do we handle those conversations and how do we explain to the customer's how to weigh the benefits of what they're getting versus the things maybe they have to sacrifice. I think that that really gets to the base of leveling expectations, but it also, we don't have to be an entire solution, 
right? Mm. Like the way that we utilized our post-production partners with Conveyor was a hybrid, yeah. you know? And we realized where we could leverage and then we realized what we needed to handle in-house. And, you know, I think that there's creating conversations about that that's a possibility. And then as you continue doing that sort of like, you know, work with a client is figuring out, well, you know, how do we continue to add value into their process? I mean, we do this quite often where, you know, we'll bring somebody in and we'll start with a set of skills. And then as we learn more about how they're doing it, and again, the root causes of why that initial ask, we start to realize that, no, actually, we can go much further in this. We just had this the other day where we had a really large client asking us to update some templates for paths. And the way that they needed the templates updated was a little bit strange. And so, you know, strange enough to like throw a flag up where I invited the client on a call and I said, well, why are you asking for the path exactly like this? And her response was, well, because I end up masking all this hair out and then putting the models on different colored backgrounds. And whenever the path has any background in it, it's harder for me to subtract from a path versus to add to a path. And so as a result, if there was any background in the hair, they wanted us to path inside of that. And so, you know, what, 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 what we uncovered there was that she had masking needs and Pixels does amazing jobs at masking, at masking hair. And so uh, just through, you know, asking the questions of why we uncovered an additional need. And now this happens fairly often with clients that have been with us for a longer period of time is we are developing new capabilities so quickly, but a lot of those clients don't necessarily know that. And so, you know, that's another part of our job is to keep the clients aware of what our new capabilities are and how that would add value to them. So once we just finished running some masking tests and she was absolutely blown away by our masking, we've now scratched the pathing and gone to masking on those templates, which will save her days, Mm. days of her own time working on the back end over the course of a year. That's pretty amazing when you think about yeah. it. You know, like, that, it gets back to the efficiency thing that, you know, I like to harp on. Right, totally. And that's the sort of second phase, right, of the customer success part. And there's a vigilance that you need to have as somebody who works in customer success to be aware when your customer is asking for something but they don't know that they're asking for it in some ways, right? Mm-hmm. I want to pivot. I want to use that segue as an opportunity to pivot over to, you mentioned growing your team. You've got some roles open at Pixels. And I know that customer success, like we talked about earlier, is a relatively new term and a new thought process and a new way of handling our relationships with our customers. Not new like yesterday, but new within the last five to 10 years. And so... Similar to like creative production, we're just now getting to the point where we have professionals who've been in customer success for five years, but there's still a lot of people who can make that pivot. And you shared with me the last time we spoke that you're less interested for growing your team in people with specific experience as you are in people having the right kind of mindset. So can you walk me through first your open role, go ahead and plug your open role and then tell (laughs) me like, what mindset are you looking for to be the best possible customer success employee for Pixels? 
The open role is we have customer success manager positions available. And so those are members of my team that deal directly with our enterprise clients. And, you know, I think something that's worth noting to say is that we have an amazing customer support team. Now, we are the customer success team. So what's the difference, right? Mm. The customer support team is, you know, they are the ones to handle the day-to-day, something's broke, we need to fix it. Mm. You know, the goal for my team and the goal, you know, for the customer success manager is to be constantly thinking about, well, Things are going well, but how can they be better? It's a Mm. proactive approach versus a reactive approach. And so Mm. the positions that we have open right now are customer success managers, and that's basically what they do. Now, you know, I told you mindset is the most important thing to me. You know, I think that with software and technology companies, there's going to be a steep learning curve for any new employee because even if they were users of the product prior to coming in and being hired, they've only seen the front end. They don't know the back end. And the back end is where all the complexity is. I mean, the goal of a good front end is to have it very user-friendly and you wouldn't have to understand the complexity that's occurring. Mm -hmm. So no matter what technology company, anyone you bring in, you're going to have to teach. So that's why to me, you know, mindset is way more important. And so, you know, some of the things that I look for is first and foremost, they have to be a learner. Mm. You know what I mean by that? Because I know you're a learner, you know, just constantly interested in acquiring knowledge, you know, seeking it out, you know, YouTube videos, books, whatever, just, you know, never satisfied with the amount of knowledge that they have. So, you know, I need somebody that is just very comfortable with asking why and just asking it over and over again until, you know, as we were talking about earlier, the root cause. And then, you know, obviously with Pixels and I'm sure with Creative Force, somebody who thinks about automation, mm. who thinks about scripts and, and understands. I mean, you and I were like this at Conveyor where we were trying to figure out how could we reduce the amount of human touches on something? Right. Not to eliminate human touches, but simply to reduce the amount of because human touches equals human error. And so, you know, somebody who's constantly thinking in a problem solving manner of, well, you know, how can we script this? How can we automate it? I was raised that. There's never enough please and thank yous, genuine please and thank yous. You know, people react to that in such a positive manner. And, you know, you and I've had a number of conversations about communicating through any sort of text, whether it be email, text messages. It opens so much up to the interpretation of the reader, just the importance of understanding please and thank yous in professional correspondence, you know, and as with any production, post-production, there's going to be tough days. I love the mindset of people who can smile and laugh during the tough days because there's always going to be tough days no matter what you do. So you just, you have to deal with them in the, in the right way. And then one of the things that my dad always told me, and you've actually said that I love, you guys both had shared this with me, is a mentality of figuring out how to do it right than figuring how to speed it up. I mean, I think that that's great. Like, don't rush into it. Figure out how to truly do it right and then make it more efficient. I think that's a mindset that is just, you know, super important. And then, you know, last but certainly not least is a patient listener. 
you know, someone who truly wants to understand a situation before, you know, prematurely offering solutions. You know, I think in this day and age, a lot of people can kind of jump the gun. You know, I find myself whenever I'm going into a new opportunity, I'm pretty quiet. You know, and you know me, I'm not really the quiet type, but I just sit and I listen and I absorb like a sponge because I want to understand something before I start offering solutions because I just think that, you know, it's much more valuable to take a little bit more time up front to understand it than to, you know, start going down paths that have already been thought out. What I find really interesting about the creative production industry is there's a lot of entrepreneurs in it. People who have gone out on their own, whether they're photographers, makeup, a stylist, hair, like they've gone out on their own. They've had their name on a product. And as a result, they, a lot of them have this mentality because they just can't survive otherwise. The last thing I want to touch on, we just have a couple of minutes left before we wrap up the episode. You and I are both slated to speak at the Pixels Flow event in Los Angeles, and I want to make sure that I get the date right. I believe it is February 24th, 2022. Yes, Flow is February 24th. And so this is going to be in Los Angeles. It's going to be similar to past Flow events that Pixels has put on. I'm going to be hosting a roundtable on efficiency, but not just efficiency. That's way too broad of a topic. But the idea that a lot of you know companies like Pixels, companies like Creative Force, there's a ton of companies out there who offer tools to help you be more efficient, but it really is incumbent on middle and senior managers of a studio to foster the ability to build an efficient process in an efficient studio. So I'm going to be hosting a roundtable on that. Ryan, have you guys solidified what your topic is going to be that you're going to be sharing on? Yes, we're going to be speaking about, or I'm going to be speaking about something near and dear to my heart, and that's building partnerships and teams for studios. With the experience that I had with you and previous studios in New York, I'm really excited about this discussion. We've got some really great guests in the roundtable from some major brands. We're still working to finalize those folks, so I can't really say any names right now, but it's going to be really interesting to hear the different insights because there's a variety of different types of studios from actual brands to remote service provider studios. So it'll be fascinating to hear the different approaches and just kind of, you know, be able to pick their brains. And just so that our listeners are aware, Pixels, who is hosting the event, is of course paying close attention to COVID situation in the local area. We want people to be aware that we are taking safety precautions and, you know, all options are on the table to keeping our attendees safe for this event. So stay tuned. We'll definitely link to the Flow event page and all of the information that you need there. And Ryan, I'm really looking forward to getting to see you again in person after two years of leaving that day and maybe not realizing it was going to be this long or what it was going to be like. But at any rate, it was wonderful to have you on the show. Congratulations on your role at Pixels. Based on everything I know about you and the conversation we just had, I'm sure that you will be successful at Pixels and helping your customers be successful. Well, I really appreciate that, Daniel. And thanks for having me on. And yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, getting a big bear hug. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Slow motion in the rain, running towards each other. (laughs) Running across the room. (laughs) Yeah. That's it for this episode. Please be sure to check out and register for the Flow event in February hosted by Pixels. You can learn more about it and you can register for your place at pixels.com 
slash events. That's P-I-X-E-L-Z, pixels with a Z, dot com slash events. Many thanks to Ryan Roberts and thanks to you for listening. The show is produced by Creative Force, edited by Calvin Lands. Special thanks to my close, dear friend, Sean O'Meara. I'm your host, Daniel Jester. Until next time, my friends. Mm-hmm.